BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. everybody it's sunday survivor series in the books episode 319 of top rope nation ryan drosty jesse velasquez justin joint here to talk all the latest on cm punk's return to the wwe at the conclusion of the show very well orchestrated by wwe we're going to talk about all of it there's some breaking news this morning on punk and what has all gone into his return what is coming up For his return, we're going to get into all of it. We want to hear from you. Hit us in the chat. Let us know your thoughts on what you saw last night. If you want to get featured in the show, for sure, hit us with those super chats. We'll get to all of those momentarily. Uh, Jesse Velasquez, let me just hit you first. What are your initial, what's your initial response to the return of CM Punk to WWE? I was going to open with there wasn't much to talk about. We should give our listeners out there, Ryan, a preview of tomorrow night's football game between the Vikings and the Bears. <laughs> yeah, should we make a friendly re- wager on that one, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was delicious. The anarchist in me that exists, I, I am a full devout Christian, but I, I do love a little anarchy in my uh in my system, truly enjoyed it. I, I smiled and uh, instantly prayed afterwards. No, I'm just kidding there, folks. Uh, it No, I absolutely, obviously love the ending, but I'm just, we'll, uh, we'll get to the thoughts here momentarily, I suppose. Justin Joint, he poured a cold one here right before we went on the air. How are you feeling this morning? Pretty shitty. Just watched Tottenham shit the bed against Aston Villa, a uh, game they should have easily won, had plenty of opportunities. Ah, uh, oh, crap. Um, yeah, so pro wrestling. 
I have been very negative on WWE for quite a while now. Uh, even with their uptick in this past year, I still mostly do not care. And they have gone ahead and pulled the trigger on basically the one thing that will get me to tune in at least somewhat regularly going forward. Kind of how I feel. My initial response was, oh, fuck, I have to watch Monday Night Raw now. Damn yeah. it. Can't miss television. And by the way, Punk is scheduled for Raw this week. That is some new information. Uh, They're rewriting the show currently because the writers had no idea Punk was returning. This was kept secret from nearly everybody. Uh, it was a Triple H, Nick Khan thing. And uh, although they had ha- you know, there had been feelers out there between the two sides for quite some time. I mentioned this on the show multiple, multiple times. You know, we've been seeing the hints about it. We've been seeing the lines inserted from wrestlers, from commentary. Um, We saw it last night on the pre-show. They said best in the world within like the first two minutes of the show. I was adamant on this podcast that all of that was very intentional, despite reporting to the contrary elsewhere. This was all very intentional. Now, of course, the deal did not come together officially, reportedly until the day of the show. Yesterday, Punk and uh, Triple H apparently had a one-hour phone call about a week ago and hashed everything out uh, to kind of get to the point where they could really do this. And like I tweeted out last night, you got to hand it to WWE. The fact that they could keep this secret in this day and age in a big market in the guy's hometown like this is unbelievable. Apparently, they were discussing holding off his return for the Rumble in Florida, but it came down to can we keep it a secret that long? And they didn't think that they could, that it, it would eventually leak. And so they needed to pull the trigger now where he could literally just drive from his house to the arena. I mean, he showed up just minutes before he walked out last night, uh, like three, three, four minutes before uh, Survivor Series went off the air. They cleared out a section of the backstage area and Punk just walked in, walked past everybody. Uh, Hunter took over directing the show, producing the show, called for his theme song. People running the music didn't even know he was going to be on there. And they went right to it and he walked out. Now, the talent in the ring, or at least some of them, did know punk was going to be there. They will, but they were told right before they went out to the ring. So word could not leak. And, uh, you know, we saw some responses here in the aftermath video leaking out on, on YouTube and Twitter and everywhere about, you know, Seth Rollins thing, Seth Rollins, totally losing his shit. Now, Drew McIntyre stormed off before punk came out. We're going to talk about what was going on there, but I mean, shock level, I was live on bleacher report when this happened. And it was me and Jeremy lost. I'll say my response was like a little more measured. He totally lost his shit. I, you know, I, w- I didn't think it was on not totally unexpected. I thought it could happen. I was surprised though, when the copyright thing came up in the corner and I thought the show was over and I started going into talking about what we thought the show as a whole was a through F we'll get to that in a minute. And then all of a sudden I glanced over and I saw his Titan try and I was like, what the hell? are you watching this? (laughs) You know? So the way they put it together was perfect. We did not see on the official broadcast, any response from the guys in the ring. They never showed them up close. Everything that we've seen is, you know, came out on social afterwards. I mean, production value, Jesse, what did you think of the way they did this? Other than the actual shot of him coming out and then them, them cutting away, which I did not like at all. They should have put the full focus on him. I, really like the production of the whole thing 
crowd went bananas. I recall hearing you with on the BR app there saying that you've been in that building. I have as well in 2019 when Kevin Owens made his his uh, NXT War Games. He was the last entrant for the team, and that was the loudest pop I'd heard of that year. That that building shook, and I mean, mm-hmm. I can only imagine how much it shook last night. It came off very very well on TV, so I was pleasantly not surprised but i was very happy with how everything turned out i cannot imagine how loud it was <laughs> they're just yeah having been in the building and it was clearly the biggest response of the night randy got a good reaction when he came out but i mean it was like the sound was distorted on the broadcast justin <laughs> what you know, what was your reaction live to it were you running around your basement no, I mean, I was definitely <laughs> I was definitely shocked. But like you, I didn't think it was impossible that he could show up, mm-hmm. even though it, it makes him look like the biggest hypocrite in professional wrestling history. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought they did it really well with putting the trademark up and, you know, thinking that they're just going to go to black. Uh, so uh, kudos to them, you know, on the secrecy and, you know, and delivering on that. And poor Randy Orton kind of. <laughs> burying the lead right there huh in a wwe way this is it this is very similar to danielson and cole from AEW's all out when you mm. get mm-hmm. orton in the cole role and punk in the danielson role yeah so i guess my big question coming out of this is do we still think cm punk is the devil or no <laughs> i guess not Right. We had the discussion on the show and we said, no, he's not the devil, but man, it would be awesome (laughs) if he was, it would sure be awesome if he was. Yeah. This boy, there's so many directions we could take this discussion. You know, the hypocritical thing. Absolutely. I mean, I I've seen a lot of the clips out there on social media about what he said to MJF, you know, about headlining night four of the buy one, get one free deal and how that Mm -hmm. hasn't aged particularly well. In the end, wrestling's all about making money. There's a lot of money to be made everybody comes back that's why i wasn't that shocked look we're, we talk about this on the show all the time we're bret hart marks for god's sakes bret yeah. hart came back if bret yeah. hart came back surely cm punk could come back so i couldn't like totally lose my shit watching it and then also just hearing the murmurings of what was happening backstage but still it was surprising i thought they did it in the most surprising way possible because when he first came out i was kind of wondering like what's his angle here he wasn't involved in the match is he coming after somebody? Is there going to be a face-to-face? And then that never happened. I thought it was good that they cut with him on the ramp because now you have incentive to tune into Raw to see what he's going to say, see why he's there. Um, now, the reaction of Seth Rollins, and you've all probably seen this going around on social media, he flipped him off. He had to be held back. Like Michael Cole and Corey Graves were wow, out there Michael holding Cole him back. Cole held him back. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> and, they, and they all look stunned. You know, Sammy didn't look happy. Not that surprising given his connections in the business. But I think a lot of this is just working. It's it's hard to know in wrestling, but like it would seem clear that Rollins is his first big feud. Rollins has made comments. Rollins may not actually like him, no doubt about it. There's been beef there, but he recognizes a money-making opportunity. He he worked with Riddle. Yeah. You worked with yeah. Riddle and what Riddle did or said about Seth Rollins and, and Becky was a thousand times worse than whatever uh, seemingly yeah. happened between him and Punk. So anybody who thought that the Seth Rollins things w- was a shoot, 
I'm sure there was some shoot feelings involved, yeah. but that he was working. He, he was acting everybody. Speaking Riddle. of Riddle, he's butthurt right now, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Did you see his tweet? Yeah. What do you call him? Owen 2 Punk or something like that? He just got yeah, canned. Yeah, there was a lot of this reaction. So like Rhea Ripley in the outside kind of mm-hmm. waving it off like who cares? These people were all working. Do you see Randy Orton pulled up a chair and sat down to watch? Yeah. Waved at him. <laughs> it was funny. But yeah, McIntyre stomped off before the return and he looked pissed throughout the match. I was told everything with McIntyre was a work. Even him, he left the building right away. He went backstage. He left the building right away. He's This is all working. He didn't storm off under his own accord. Okay. So, I mean, we know that there's been the negotiations with him and his contract. I'm sure, you know, there was, it was reported by Fightful that when they were told some of the wrestlers were not happy about it, that he was returning. And I'm sure like with McIntyre, who's trying to get a good deal, I'm sure they threw a lot of money at Punk. You know, he's got, he doesn't have the leverage he really used to have. This is really his only right. choice to make big money, but he does have leverage. And if you bring me back, we're going to make a lot of money together. You got to cut me in on that. So this is the first big signing since the TKO thing. And we all know that there's been talk about they're going to go cheap on these wrestler contracts now, you know, looking at what UFC does. It'll be interesting to see how much money he got if that ever gets out there. It, it is being reported that it's a multi-year contract. Hmm. We don't know the exact number of years, but I know three-year contracts are pretty routine in WWE. So we'll see. Uh, but I, I got to assume he's on a very short leash. You know, he's not going to have creative control at all. He's going to have to be do, do right by the company. He's going to have to be a good soldier. And if he's not, they're going to cut him loose. He, he, this is his last chance to prove he, he can be a good boy and he can go out there and he can do what's required of him to write off his career in the best way possible. This is his last chance. Impact made him an offer. Do you want Punk to go out in TNA? This this is it. This is it. So he's got to come through. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious with his temperament that he needs this kind of structure and, and to not be able to to throw his weight around like he did in AEW, which turned out very bad. Uh, and to any, you know, anybody out there who's thinking, uh, you know, this is going to hurt WWE or anything, or this will end badly. Maybe it will, but punk behaved for years in WWE and it just ended badly. There was a bad break, very bad break. Uh, so to think that he can't uh, play nice inside of WWE, I, I, I think would be, an error in judgment. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting to make this analogy for a couple of hours. So whew, deep breath. <sighs> CM Punk is very similar to an NFL wide receiver, like a Stefan Diggs, a Randy Moss, where if you're feeding him the ball, he is extremely happy. If you're not, he's going to let you know about it and demand to either be traded for something to be done. I watched Randy Moss get traded to the Oakland Raiders. I watched him just be a bust there, get dealt to New England and set records, make it to the Super Bowl. And then he fell out of favor there and got traded back here, only to get traded again five weeks later into the season. CM Punk is going to play nice for a little while. As soon as something doesn't go his way, he's going to make a stink about it. Something is going to happen, and he will be gone. 
This is a multiple year deal. He is not going to last the whole thing. And lastly, I will say this is going to be a very fun joyride for pro wrestling fans. Enjoy it because this is probably it for CM Punk. It's going to be really interesting how this plays out because both sides are watching this, you know, where if it works out badly, AEW is going to say, see, that's what happened here. We couldn't prevent it. And if it doesn't work out badly, WWE people can say, this is why you need more structure over there at AEW. You should have been able to make money with this guy. And I mean, one of my initial reactions to this is that once again, for AEW, it's too bad. I mean, this was the game changer and they couldn't get these guys to sit down and hash out their differences. And that has already aged poorly and it could age even worse because everything that happened when he came back and the fight it all in and everything was because they never squashed the beef. There was nobody who could get those guys in the same room. The bucks could just refuse to talk to the guy, talk to my lawyers and the heat continued until it blew up again. It was predictable. And that just to Justin's point, that will not happen at WWE because of how the company is set up. There is so much more structure in this company. People can't throw their weight around in the same way that they can at AEW. And if you're AEW, man, I mean, they got good stuff going on. I really enjoy AEW's television right now. I'm definitely going to keep tuning in. I was a huge AEW fan before Punk ever arrived. He wasn't a founding member of that company or anything, but he was the guy who they brought in that gave them more momentum than they have had since and so like how do they respond to this it all has to be with the product because there's no names really that they can get at this point that's gonna shake things up is there i mean they got some big names there still but there's no like if drew mcintyre jumps that's not gonna really matter it's not gonna make a huge dent you know copeland jump that didn't make a huge dent and to that for them to get back to the momentum they had in 21 it just has to come from like reviews of the television that they're doing cutting edge stuff because I just can't imagine unless down the line they could get Cody to return. I don't know who can jump that will, you know, give them that spark again. You're, you're kind of hitting on kind of my, my bigger picture feelings. Cause I am kind of conflicted with punk showing up now. Pro wrestling is better with punk in it. Uh, I already said that, you know, punk being in WWE will make me watch that product. But, you know, there's there's been a sea change happening in professional wrestling in this past year. Uh, and it feels like this moment is kind of that tsunami hitting the shore. WWE has uh, gradually been getting better for this past year, while AEW I think, and at least in these past few months, have kind of suffered a little bit. It feels like they're kind of turning into the aspects of WWE that at least I did not care for. Like, there's a lot of hokey, bad humor. The, the booking is kind of all over the place. And, you know, to that point, Eddie Kingston was getting what chance last night oh God. on Collision? Oh, God. So th- it feels weird to me because AEW is supposed to be the alternative. It was supposed to be the place for both fans and wrestlers who rejected WWE or were rejected by WWE. And, and the two big stalwarts of that were Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. You know, it started with the pipe bomb and, and it was with Cody 
being uh, unsatisfied with his place in WWE and going and making a better position for himself in pro wrestling, helping start AEW. You know, to Ryan's point, you know, bringing Punk in was an all-time professional wrestling moment for AEW. And, and now both those guys are back with WWE. And it just, it, I, I'm, it's not this bad, but there is part of me that just feels like we're on a funeral march with AEW right now. Um, so I'm kind of worried in that regards. I don't think AEW is going to fail, fail. There's too much money in the TV product and whatnot, but I don't like the direction it's heading. And, oh man, I, the fact that I'm going to maybe start watching WWE more than AEW right now, it's just, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm frazzled. <laughs> Ryan hit it. It's, it's going to have, they're going to have to go back to their roots and they have made answers. They, they just signed the best professional wrestler in the world, Will Ospreay. I know he's not this magnetic name to a mainstream fan base, so they are gonna go. They're gonna have to go back to the grassroots storytelling that they were doing before they brought CM Punk in. That is the thing. And then in the press scrum last night with Cody Rhodes talking about Ken CM Punk, what were his thoughts? And that's where he just said, you know, if he can add on to us and continue to build on what we're doing, I'm all for it. And he mentioned politics, amongst other things. It's like stereotypical Cody Rhodes uh, press promo or whatnot. But there were definitely some valid points there. I think it's now, you're right, it's just a matter of slowly eroding the stink of the sports entertainment piece and going back to the grassroots because we got the Continental Classic going on. Continue to build that momentum. I think as soon as a shift in your world title happens, when you can get away from that sports entertainment angle with MJF and maybe get him back to like what he was doing pre with with Punk with the likes of even Chris Jericho and that feud you go backwards to Cody Rhodes you just have to do that I think what the what's the most exciting thing about this is AEW talent and WWE roster talent can both look and see what's going on on the other side and go hey once my two to three years is up I'll go over there for a change of scenery the business is so healthy now everything's going to be just fine so I think for pro wrestling as a whole, this is fantastic. And Punk, like I said, he's going to eventually tear it down. I truly believe this. There is going to be a nice little boon in business. They don't need him. Let's, let's be real. Uh, mm-hmm. I, but I think in the grand scheme of things, eventually the roller coaster is going to go up, much like it did with AEW, and it's eventually going to slowly come back down. So short-term, fantastic. Long-term, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, AEW's not, I don't think they're going to fall off because they're going to stay at least right where they're at. I mean, he's been gone for three months, so it's not like people are going to tune out because of this, but people might add, like us, WWE to their rotation more. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to go full steam with Will Ospreay. He's just, he's not a household name, so he's one of those guys who's awesome and new viewers are going to have to see him. You definitely need to get Max back to the old Max. You know, I said on the podcast recently, I wasn't really a fan of this babyface stuff recently. And it's because he takes away what about him is so cutting edge and risque almost on TV, how he pushes the envelope and he, with the kangaroo kick and all this other nonsense. It's just not it's like to Justin's point it's sports entertainment. Yep. I want the old MJF back. You could still get the old MJF with him being a babyface. 
but yeah, it's he's he's far away right now to what event what originally got him over. I think so. They have guys there to counter this, but it, it, yeah, Jesse grassroots, they're going to have to build up from what they already have because they're not going to have the big jump to give them momentum. That was punk. You know, that was Danielson. Initially, they've already done that. They got a little out of punk, but they struck out eventually because they weren't able to make the money that they should have because of stuff happening backstage and, and a lack of structure to settle all of that. Yeah. Uh, I think this would be a good point in the podcast for uh those listening in the future anyways ryan if you could insert that audio i sent you mm-hmm. uh, this was kind of the first thing that popped in my head when i saw a uh, punk show up in wwe you were the chosen one it was said that you would destroy this and not join them God, there's so much I want to talk about this, but I don't want the whole show to be punk. Okay, what do you go ahead? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I'll have one more thing. I think your answer is under the under their umbrella right now i think the person who can make this mainstream again and super cool swerve strickland i truly believe he can bring in a different demographic he's very very relatable to a younger audience and not necessarily to boom it up to an attitude era type level but i think bringing in the hip-hop culture amongst it's it's something that we really haven't seen put at the forefront kind of the nation of domination to an extent but they were lesser to a lesser degree i think swerve can do it strap the rocket to that man i mean they're i don't want to make this too much about AEW, but i mean their blueprint has to be late 90s WWF because when WWF took off, none of those people were household names. People knew Steve Austin, but he was a mid-carder in WCW. Everyone that AEW has that needs to make a difference, for the most part, are people on the rise that the mainstream audience is not familiar with. WWE's boom right now is mostly built off of people who have been around for a decade or more. Roman's been around forever now. I mean, historically. 
speaking, if you look back at the 80s and 90s, Roman's been in over a decade now in WWF mm-hmm. television. I mean, we're nearing Bret Hart 97, had been around for over a decade in the WWF. You know, they brought in Punk, who was a star 10 years ago. This is almost like when WWF legends jumped to WCW. So the people featured on WWE are old stars. They're doing great business right now. Uh, but it's mostly people have been around a long time. AW is the new names. Are they going to be able to succeed? We'll see. Now on the WWE side, who do you want to see Punk work with first? What do you what do you want to see his trajectory look like over the next few months we have no idea how much he's going to be working on television um we don't know i i would be shocked if he works house shows he might do a couple here and there i would i would imagine though this is a pretty friendly contract for him to keep him healthy as huffman noted in the chat here his health will come into question at some point in time um who who do you want to see him work with and when justin i mean the first name that pops up for me is the name that would pop up for anybody showing up in WWE, you know, my favorite wrestler in, in the fed is Gunther Gunther. Mm, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot of other big marquee men. I think, honestly, I think CM Punk Cody would be very interesting down the road, but as of right now, the obvious pick is Seth with the way he responded at survivor series. Uh, that's something you can work into Royal rumble and maybe go into WrestleMania with, um, I mean, th- those are the kind of the first names that pop into mind. Is there any chance that Punk steals Cody's spot or what we assume to be Cody's spot at WrestleMania to work with Reigns? I don't think so. Agree. Just, just, just had to throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. That was a good question. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. He, just because it's not like Cody's super young either, but Punk's older than Cody by several years, and mm. it would not make sense to do. Eventually, yes, they have to do that match for sure. Roman and Punk, it would make headlines, but Cody's still one of the two most over people in this company. So, like to move away from him would be totally nuts. I really want to see him do the Austin thing at Mania. It's one of the few dream matches left. We saw Steve Austin work with Kevin Owens, and they had a good match. You know, I mean, it was fine. And so clearly they can do the match. That's got to be one of those things that would draw Punk back to WWE outside of the money is the chance to work with one of his heroes in the main event of WrestleMania. That would certainly main event one of the nights. I want to see him do the Seth Rollins match sooner. Initially, everyone was saying Seth at Mania. I mean, we're talking that is for what, four months away? Four plus months away. Yeah, five months. I don't want to see that dragged out that long. I, I'd like to see him do that at the Rumble. They don't have a major pay per view in December, so they do that at the at the Rumble, and uh, then you go into eventually doing the dream match with Steve. Why not? And then maybe you can do something with Roman or Cody in the summertime. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see Seth happen pretty quickly and not at WrestleMania. I think. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? I would like to see Gunther chop the life out of him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think other than the marquee ones you named, I think stylistically, I would love Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. The Punk Owens microphone battles would be absolutely epic. You know, that's part of the reason why I don't really want to see. Sorry to interrupt you, Jesse. Part of the reason I don't want to see Punk and uh, Austin is because what's that was such a great moment for Owens on so many levels. Because, you know, during that time frame, 
all the stuff was coming out about punk making fun of Owens for wearing a shirt back on the Indies and all that. And then, you know, Owens got to throw it in his face that he got to work with the one guy that punk wanted to work with, you know, at the very tippy top of WrestleMania, you know, Mm -hmm. Owens being the company man, you know, that's a real feather in his cap. And also I think to do punk in Austin, you would just have to do the exact same thing you did with Owens. Cause I don't, we're never going to get stone cold in the black trunks again. It's going to have to be, you know, jean shorts, shirt wearing just a brawl. So that really doesn't do much for me just cause I think it, it would be the exact same match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, they just have to have a marquee match for WrestleMania form right away. And I guess you could run back him and Rollins. You know, that Rollins is the one who doesn't seem to have the guaranteed dancing partner there unless they do a match with Gunther for the world title. But, I mean, Cody and Roman, they've got to be married together at, at WrestleMania. And so that leaves Punk with either Seth or something down the card. And if you want to get him in the main event, it's either Seth for the world title or the dream match with Austin, I, I feel like. But there's a lot of, yeah, spicy matches out there eventually to get to. And the Sammy KO stuff, is really interesting given their friendship with the Bucks. You mm-hmm. know, Sammy being a, a big West Coast PWG guy, and that'll that'll have some layers to it for people who know about, you know, the friendships and the histories of, of, of these characters. Yeah, I'd like to see both of those matches. Sammy was selling he wasn't on he wasn't very happy. You know, if you've seen the the clips out there that people filmed last night too. Yeah, I, I think there's just a lot of nostalgia stuff because there really aren't many young guys I would want. Like Punk and Chad Gable wouldn't do much for yeah. me. Punk and let's say like a Braun Breaker, if he comes up, that does nothing for me. Carmelo yeah. Hayes, no. I mean, again, I, I think, again, short term, great. Long term, they're still in just a, a smidge of trouble. So, and oh, one more point. John Alba tried to say last night on Twitter that he sees a very prosperous future for the WWE's main event picture. And here I am saying, well, Roman eliminated everything. The only future world champion you have on that roster is Gunther that I care about. And that I'd say most educated pro wrestling fans care about. That's it. Cause everybody else Roman's gone through Cody could do it at WrestleMania 40 and moving forward. But ultimately Gunther's the guy. That's yeah. it. Oh, that, it would never happen, but that's my dream scenario for WrestleMania 40. If they could somehow turn Gunther into a true baby face and you have these the clash of these two gigantic long reigns with the world champion versus the IC champion, you know, it, it's Warrior Hogan, but except it's guys that can fucking work, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that's my dream scenario uh, would be Gunther going over uh Roman Reigns, but that that will never happen in a million years. Correct. And on a lesser scale, just because this is the mark in me, I'd love to see a, a Punk versus Ricochet one-off. But outside mm. of that, nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I you, you mentioned the media scrum. I'll say it's worth watching. It's not as long as the AW ones. You know, they kept it pretty tight. Um, but there was actually some very good questions asked. I thought. Uh, you know, a lot of times people make fun of the questions at those scrums, but there was some. Good questions asked. Um, Hunter handled himself pretty well, you know, talking about how it all came together and everything. And, you know, he, he acknowledged the past, obviously, and, and the bad blood and everything. But, you know, he he basically said that it comes down to if his audience wants it, why not do it? You know, so here we are. Uh, yeah. So should we get into the show itself? Do we have to? Can we just keep <laughs> talking about punk? <laughs> Maybe we'll talk a little more about punk at the very end. 
keep people tuned in with that. Um, I want to get your grades on this show. All right, this will be very interesting. I'm going to try to share our Twitter poll here and show you all how the people responded on Twitter. So we had a big response to this one, unsurprisingly. 157 votes. 60.5% gave it an A. 30.6 a B. Jesus Christ, talk about grading on a curve. What the fuck were those people watching the entire show? <laughs> I think people are grading based on uh, three minutes at the end here. Yeah, because... Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. You know, I... sex just isn't about the climax, everybody. <laughs> it's an A show. There's no way this is an A show. It was um, in this case, Justin. <laughs> well, yeah, touche. This, yeah, this is people grading in the moment because they saw something unexpected, which granted was awesome. I cannot imagine giving this show an A. I, I said on the Bleach Report stream last night, I was at a C. I, I just called it very average. And then when Punk came out, I said I could maybe be talked in just going up to a B minus because it had an all-time moment on it. But when it comes to the matches itself, I thought it was a pretty underwhelming show. As It's not going to take us long, you guys, to talk about these five matches. There's a, there's a key point I want to make on the War Games matches that I'll get to here in a second. But I mean... Yeah, overall, I I could not agree with this. I C I'll go B minus just because of the punk stuff. But I mean, yeah, it, it was a C show before that to me. I could definitely could never give this an A. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? I'm with you, B minus, and it's only because of the ending. Yeah, it's that's the only reason because everything else there was C. There wasn't nothing egregiously awful. There was one thing that was extremely overrated, which I know we're going to hit on here soon. But yeah, I mean, but there wasn't anything spectacular either. Punk's the only moment you're going to go see. And then there's there's only one other rewashable moment for me, which we'll talk about later. Justin. C, I guess. I mean, I would have probably given it a D without the, or, you know, maybe a D plus without the the Punk surprise. I I thought Mm -hmm. it was an incredibly boring show. Yeah, these war games matches are for longtime fans. There's just no way we can get into them. We just can't. It's it shows a generational divide, or not even just not even it's a not generational divide. It's not war games. Yeah, I say that every year. You can't call it war games without the the roof on the cage. But the bigger point too, with the way it's laid out, shows that the business now is all about social media clips. They literally lay out the matches on how can we clip this and put it out on social media in short clips. You know, how can we make a, a short YouTube video of this? How can we get this onto Twitter X and Instagram and reels and everything? Because it's not chaotic at all. It's very contrived. You know, like the spot where everyone did the hanging DDT in the men's match with Orton at the oh, end. God. None. None of it feels natural. Doesn't feel like a real fight. You go back, you watch the old War Games matches. It's chaos. The cameras cannot keep up with everything. That's how it should feel. And so, if you if you've watched the old stuff and then you tune into this, like my kids get into it, so I guess that's where the generational divide is. But it's just like this isn't War Games. It's it's social media clip 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 clip. That's that's literally how they lay out the matches now. With that in mind, and it comes across. I think more so than in any other matches in these war games matches with the high spots and the way they set it up and everyone just standing around laying around waiting for someone to do their move that they can clip and then go to somebody else. And so for that reason, I mean, they work hard. They open with the women's match. 
And I did, boy, I don't know. It's close. I would maybe say the women's match was maybe a little bit better than the men's. It's, it's pretty close, though. But neither was particularly good. I mean, for me, they were about a like, three-star match. I'm sure I'm sure the big big weeks are going to give them over four. I just can't go that on these. I mean, we saw spots that we've seen before for the most part, especially in the women's match, Jesse. Right. It was brutal. <laughs> I would go two and a half stars on that for sure. I mean, if we're yeah. if we're all about star ratings, it was because everything was just so the tropes, a lot of sloppy botches too not necessarily botches but the one thing that really stood out to me was you could audibly hear bailey calling spots three mm-hmm. or four times in the middle of the ring while this was going on yeah you can't be doing that you're professionals this is a match that should have been in, in an eliminator style i think it would have been much better if it was an eliminator style but again every it, if we can do without a war games or a blood and guts for like two three years I'm game. Sign me up for that because what I saw last night was just rehashed stuff and people were going crazy for it. I'm like, I've seen this movie quite a few times. And with the men's match, there was a little more physicality, a little more believability. So that's why I got into that much more than I did the women's match. Not saying it was spectacular, but it was definitely, for me, a better overall presentation. Yeah, I for the men's match, I, I liked the tease with Drew and Damian Priest. I thought that was good stuff to start it with. Mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre during the entire thing, I, I thought was excellent. I mean, just anytime you see him, whatever he's doing, you, you kind of believe it, or you at least believe that he believes it. Uh, and as far as the uh, double ring cage matches, I would give them five stars, if only because they were about 10 to 15 minutes shorter than any of the previous incarnations. That's true. They kept them a little tighter. Yeah, the EOS guy spot with the trash can, which we've seen before. I mean, it's just repeating spots we've seen before. The crowd went crazy for it. Um, but like, yeah, the women's match was all basically they had a war games match to see if Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair could get along. You know, I mean, yeah, they had the stuff with the history with damage control and everything, but uh Shotzi out there just was totally out of place. I mean, she did that promo on SmackDown, which was cringeworthy. I mean, that that match would have been better as just like a three-on-three elimination match. Yes. Survivor Series rules versus a War Games match. They yep. didn't need Shotzi in there. <laughs> you know, just make it three-on-three. Talk, talking Charlotte and Becky, shout out Stuart in our Facebook chat where he he, he said they were trying to compare it to uh, Sting and Nikita at a previous <laughs> War Games. <laughs> yeah. Not and quite Jesse, to that level, but... <laughs> Jesse, you made the point, I think, last night in our text, maybe, where you said, you know, once again, damage control jobbers to the stars. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They had done a decent job of making them look okay the last couple of months. And, hey, maybe they're back on the train again. And Triple H is like, nope, we're derailing that right away. Unreal how you can just squash the heels momentum. And I'm going to give you one more thing. How in the world do you give an advantage via a fan vote for a war games? A fan vote. Get out of my face with that crazy stuff. <laughs> it was, it's so weird structurally to have the baby face team with the advantage in war games. So like, yeah, constantly in the women's match, the baby faces had the numbers 
And then you got the heels fighting for behind and outnumbered all the time. And then I guess the wrinkle they threw in was that it seemed like every time damage control got a member to come out, Bailey was getting her ass kicked and they just took their time getting there. They got down to the door. They were like slowly searching around for a weapon. And, you know, the tease is that Bailey's going to get kicked out of the group. So they didn't run down to make the save. Logically, it might not make sense, but that's where they're going with that, I think. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, th- I think in the moments, as, as we'll get to in the men's, there was stuff in the men's that I really picked apart on the live stream last night. So I was a little higher in the women's, but you guys have convinced me with some of the spots. I'll, I'll call the men's match a little better now. Uh, but yeah, neither was particularly good. I did not think. <laughs> so, yeah, we... Uh, yeah, we get the uh, the awkward hug with Becky and Charlotte, and you know it was it was whatever. Uh, in the end, the the baby faces go over. A couple I of cool missed... spots in there. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah. Uh, who's who's bleeding all over the mat? Was that Shotzi? Shotzi Hardway, I believe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm she sure they sneak, patched. She her didn't up sneak right a blade away. in there. Yeah. <laughs> Is she uh, the worst entrant in War Games history? <laughs> I mean, probably, yeah, she's up there. So, Jesse, after that, they went into The Miz and Gunther. And were you just stunned that The Miz did not win the Intercontinental title, Jesse? How? How did The Miz not dethrone Gunther? I I, I was stunned. We were, were talking about this for days. And then I get on Twitter, and there's people advocating for this. Are you people crazy? You want the Miz to beat Gunther? In what universe does that make sense? Thank God it didn't happen. It was one of the Miz's better matches in quite some time. You know, they had the the teases with, you know, the the uh, turnbuckle pad comes off and then the Miz is able like a good baby face, you know, to hit that low blow and by the way, I mean him being <laughs> the baby face in this match, he comes out got like no response from the hottest wrestling audience in the country, Chicago, the loudest building you can wrestle in. And he came out and it was like no response at all. <laughs> but they he they did get him believing a little bit when they did the turnbuckle spot. You know, he hit the he eventually hit the skull crushing finale and all of that and had the had the close falls. But yeah, in the end, Guther wins because it was the only thing that made sense, Jesse. So that match barely fed my kid an app at Culver's. yes so i was audibly laughing when miz was getting that offense in and the crowd was buying it if you could have had a live cam on me watching this match you you would have been wondering like what is he watching why is this so funny to him because the gullible nature of some wwe fans to me is hilarious when you look at this from a kayfabe perspective, and now Miz's record is a spotty six and thirty-five over the last two years on TV. <laughs> but he should beat Gunther, like one of the top guys they've built up. Yes, makes would so make a lot I'll, of sense. Yeah, I'll go a little further here. So, quick question for you guys: How many singles matches has the Miz had over four stars in his career? Just give, just give me a number. Zero. Well, not counting like multi-man matches. Correct. Singles matches only. I would say zero. Ryan. Well, no, maybe one. Dolph. Sorry. I'll go. I'll go two. 
He's actually had five. Wow. But in, in, in reality, in the world that we actually live in, he has had <laughs> zero. But continue. He's yes. had one after 2018. Logan Paul at SummerSlam. That is it. Ah, yeah. So the title versus career at No Mercy 2016 was his highlight. That was a very good match. Mm-hmm. Very good match. But I do like Mike Mizanin as a human being. I've watched him a lot growing up. Real world New York, the whole nine yards. But for you to get me to believe that he was a credible contender and anyone in that audience out there, I have a lakefront property in Cottage Grove that I'd like to sell you. Well, I Could will we say, baptize them in the Lake Minnetonka, like Prince. <laughs> <laughs> the water. I think I need Minnetonka. to be purified after watching that. Match. Purified, yes. yes. They they had me biting a little bit, if only because we have had years of experience watching them make atrocious booking decisions, and this yeah. this would have this would have felt like vintage Vince McMahon booking to have the Miz go over Gunther here. So they, they had me bite a little bit. It also helped that I was watching with my son at this moment, who me and him are both big, uh, goofer fans as, as my son <laughs> likes to say. Uh, so we, we were very invested in, I was just waiting for some bad booking, which didn't happen because they are in a much better place. I mean, he certainly would have been goofer if he had lost to the Miz. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, they went 12, 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Guter victorious. To, to me, this was a top three Miz match. At yeah. Least. Just because yeah. it, it was one of the few that actually had me invested in a Miz match. The finish was sweet, too. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. I guess one of my points on this next one is that they could have given them more time. This pay-per-view was only about two hours and 45 minutes. You know, one of their big four pay-per-views. And Escobar and Dragon Lee had seven minutes and 40 seconds. So this is the match that, you know, they changed. They wrote off Carlito on, on SmackDown on Friday night. Dragon Lee steps in. They're having a pretty good match, but I mean, given the the length of it, it never really got to that high gear. I thought the match was pretty good overall. Jesse, what'd you make of this one? I had actually really high hopes for this. I was hoping they would, yeah. like you just alluded to, maybe five more minutes because I have watched a decent amount of Dragon Lee over the last five years, and he's he had an incredible triple threat at the ROH New Japan show in New York. I mean, it was a just a sprint for 10 minutes. He had an absolute classic with Will Ospreay right after the Super Juniors in 2019. And he's been doing a wonderful job on TV, giving the fans a different look. They're actually excited to watch him. And to see these two Hispanic performers go at it, I know what both are capable of. They put on a pretty solid sprint-ish type match that should have been given a little more time. I guess in the grand scheme of things, the heel, yes, should definitely go over here so you can continue things. But yeah, give those guys just a little more time. Yeah, if if you guys haven't been watching WWE television, they have very much been trying to get Dragon Lee over. You know, they've been leaning into Rey Mysterio, calling him the the Lucha Star of the future and the past. And you know, you can tell like we're going to see this match again for sure. And I, ho- I hope next time they give him some more time because there was no reason on the show given the runtime. If they want to get this in, I think we've heard before they want all their pay per views to be three hours. They still had time to do that. 
So they could have given him five more minutes. Uh, my hopes were pretty high too. It didn't totally live up to him, but it was it was a good enough match. They were just kind of getting there. Justin, did you did you see this one? Nope. I let my kids stay up late to watch the Gunther match, and so I was putting him to bed during this and the majority of the next one. Yeah, the markings of a good parent. yeah basically the ending of the match was uh lee hit a sit out power bomb near fall and then uh we got a destroyer and the phantom driver for escobar right after that and escobar won then they go into rhea ripley defending the women's world title against zoe stark and i mean if it wasn't gunther this was the biggest lock on the show. I think, you know, looking at Zoe Stark, she is a rising name that they're trying to put more emphasis on, but there was just no way you could believe that she could possibly win this. I mean, with Rhea Ripley and the momentum that she has right now. And, you know, that's what happened. Rhea Ripley went over and they got more minutes than Escobar and Dragon Lee, nine minutes and 15 seconds. Jesse, did you like this one? I was kind of checked out here, if I'm being honest, because again, I'll go back to kayfabe one more time is that Zoe Starks has lost her last singles matches on TV and you yeah. had her win a battle royal. So I ultimately knew what was coming. I think she has a great future, but you did a horrible job of presenting her as as a title contender on a major five PLE that you have. So this course, this is just us being critics. So again, if you don't really follow this closely, you're like, hey, maybe she does have a chance. So no, I mean, there was. Outcome was zero. Zero doubt there. Yeah, I, like Stark was trying to sell that she was as physical in nature as Ripley throughout the match and that she could match her one-on-one there. Um, in the end, she countered the Z360, hit the Riptide, got the win. I mean, We'll see these two wrestle again in the future. Stark is just not quite there yet. Um, I saw the finish, but I was setting up my office for the BR live stream in the main event, so I was kind of in and out on this match. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on this one? No. <laughs> yeah. Probably get the kids to bed at this point, getting ready for war games. Um, all right. So that brings us to the men's war games match, which was the main event. And uh, we kind of talked about pieces of this already. And I mean, I would just reiterate what I said earlier about the social media clips. You know, this was kind of in this match that everything was laid out in that way. There were, there were portions in the match where, especially when you got to the match beyond where you can get the win now, where you're like watching it, why are you not going for the cover? Why, you know, you just hit your signature move. Why are you not covering? I love love how Justin has the ruffles out. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to contain my laughter right now. I'm flipping back and forth between tabs and I come back and Justin's very stoically holding this bag up to the camera. I gotta I gotta tell a story about that. I almost forgot. I'm glad you got him. So the ruffles ads all over during the women's war games match. They had them on the ribbon boards everywhere. Just the over the top sponsorship. Yeah. Insane. We didn't have it during the men's match. But I will tell you that I was watching this with my two oldest daughters. And after that women's match, they both ran upstairs. And I'm like, <laughs> where are they going? And we have, you know, one of those big boxes you can buy at Sam's Club or wherever, where you get all the small chips bags for lunches, right? They both came down with Ruffles bags of chips. Swear to God. And ate them during the next match. And I thought advertising man it works there it is they had to go get their ruffles potato chips and we actually had some credit for the r-truth cameo though in the in between those two (laughs) matches that was by far the best part of that ruffles gimmick and that was funny when hunter said at the at the media scrum he's like oh y'all want to talk about the big return tonight and then he brought up (laughs) r-truth 
<laughs> which yeah always good to see him oh. someone was talking about i think it was in the facebook group last night is our truth going to be a hall of fame he absolutely will be in the hall of fame someday he's been around forever he's held titles he will definitely be in the wwe hall of fame there's no question about it hate hate to break to everybody but basically 99% of the people you see on screen will be in the WWE Hall <laughs> Eventually, they'll run out. Yeah, they'll run out of people to put in. You're going to get to WrestleMania 60, and they're going to be really scraping at the bottom of the barrel here. So, um, I guess anything... Okay, one big point about this. I thought it was very odd how they built up the is Orton going to be here or not mm-hmm. thing. Since we all we heard before the event was that they were going to announce Orton in advance so that people didn't buy their tickets expecting to see CM Punk as the mystery partner. And then we get to the show and then they leaned into that. And it's it was very bizarre to me. Like, why would he not be there on time? And so all through the match, Orton's not there in the cage waiting to come in the smaller cage, waiting to come into the bigger cage. And then when it's time for him to come out, he's not there. And instead, Ripley comes out with money in the bank. And you think there's going to be a cash in on Rollins during this match for the world title. And then Orton came out. I thought that was a little strange. Um, You guys, I I was just kind of surprised how they built that up, given everything we heard before the event. Yeah, it kind of feels like a misstep, misstep along the same lines as, you know, teasing a Adam Cole versus Jay White match through the course of pay-per-view. It's like we we know what's going to happen. You don't have to treat us like idiots. You know, yeah. we know MJF is going to show up. Well, at least some of us did. And, <laughs> and we know Randy Orton is going to show up um, And real quick. I actually kind of liked the briefcase tease that that was yeah. truly unique when it comes to a cash. In. I agree. It was secretly, one of the things I was kind of hoping like an alternative ending type. Mm hmm would be Damien maybe cashing in at the end. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Randy Orton, I mean, I he's Woo. definitely been working out above and beyond me at this point right now. Jack. That man is in phenomenal shape. He, you know, he it, looked like he had done nothing but lift for 18 months. It was funny. Uh, when he came out, I was like, holy shit, he is yoked to the point where he must have gotten some Brock Lesnar, you know, money and schedule which i think they should that's how i think they should utilize him anyways as as more of an attraction at this point but holy smokes he looks fantastic on that deer antler spray (laughs) (laughs) okay another point i wanted to make before i forget is that and we we all experienced this when we were in chicago for all out and collision before that is that, you know, when Tony fired Punk, there were boos, and then Tony got Punk kind of, or the fans kind of on his side. And we saw throughout All Out and that collision that night that anytime Punk chant started, the crowd booed them down. And we saw this happen throughout Survivor Series. There were Punk chants in the women's match that I noted. They got shut down pretty quickly. There were Punk chants in the main event, lasted a little longer. Eventually, they got booed down. But in the end... Every single person in that building who booed down the CM Punk chants lost their shit when that guy walked out. So in the end, everyone's just a mark. I mean, you all, they all wanted to see him. Come on. I feel bad for the real Chicago Phil, Phil Lindsay, who was escorted back to the wrestling media uh, tent for the press conference and missed the whole thing live. Sorry, Phil. I saw him on the media scrum. Yeah, I saw him on camera a little bit. So they, they were not out there for the Punk return. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> really sucks. Um, 
Yeah, go ahead. You go ahead, Jesse. Oh, I was going to shout out all of our comments here in the YouTube section. This is this is awesome. Thank you, guys. What do you guys think of Niall's comment here? He said, an issue with war games is that there's no stakes until everyone has entered. You are basically just waiting 20 minutes before the match can finish. That's nope. That's fine. As long as the match beyond doesn't take another 20 minutes. You need to, you need to wrap everything up within 10 minutes after that. So everything that came before it does not lose meaning. Agreed. And they actually did last night. I think it was only three or four mm-hmm. minutes from the time Orton entered until the end, but then it did get, that's where it got very contrived with the all doing the hangman's DDT, oh, um, everyone I hitting mean, their finishes dude. and nobody going for the cover. So, you know, my mutant power is not here in the commentary. And yet yeah. I felt like I heard Michael Cole screaming in my ears with the vintage war games with the draping DDT. Oh Dear yeah. God, anybody <laughs> who was in an actual war games who is dead are rolling in their graves hearing that vintage war games. My God. I, that was bad. I remember that now too. Yeah, it was, we were just Jeremy and I in the live stream on BR. We're just going back and forth. Like everyone's hitting their finish. Why are you not covering? Why would you not cover? This is supposed to be a fight. You hit your yep. finish and it was just watch the other guy do your finish. Watch the other guy do your, fi- and again, it's just, all, it's all about clips. It's literally yep. how the matches are laid out. The RKO off the top to McDonough was really cool. Yes. Uh, but like, again, wh- that is the biggest move of the match. Why not cover? Well, we had to get crossroads so Cody could cover and then get Cody's theme instead, I guess. But like play Randy's theme. He was the big return. Yep. I That was odd. I thought that was very odd. It, it popped the crowd, all those finishes and stuff. But it's just that's not my cup of tea with pro wrestling the way they did that. Cody Rhodes, you're a huge politician. How in the world could you not have had the stroke to get a cage over the top and for you to juice in this match? Right. Who was that that had the tweet about that? You know, uh, I think it was Joey Janela. Joey Janela yes, had the, the comments yes. about like, if Cody doesn't blade from coast to coast tonight, this business <laughs> is dead or something like that. Yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> oh, that was, yeah, great, great callback. That was my favorite tweet of the night. Yeah, that was funny. So, and then, yeah, the, the match ends, baby faces go over, and uh, then we get the punk return. And that was Survivor Series. So, I mean, in the end, it's basically a, a show built on that one major moment at the end. I do not think I will remember anything else about this show long term. Maybe the RKO off the top. That's it. You guys? I, you know, I wish they would have on every Survivor Series pay-per-view at least one traditional Survivor Series match. Uh I do like how Survivor Series has kind of become the place for big debuts. Beans that, you know, you can't get a lot from the gimmick matches with the way they've set it up. Uh, So Punk joining the long list of people who have come before him is kind of a fun little Thanksgiving tradition. Teaser for our Patreon audience, as well as those who should or can get a free seven-day trial of our Patreon show. When we touch on Survivor Series 1995, there are two things that I wish would be applied to 2023's uh, version of the Survivor Series. But you're going to have to tune into Patreon to check that out. And we are recording that this week, you guys. If you want to hear us break down Survivor Series 95, TRN Classics, the November edition as voted on by our patrons, sign up. Link in the broadcast description here. As Jesse said, you can get a seven-day free trial over 120 bonus shows. I think 
this month we dropped four or five bonus audio shows. So if you like us on the main feed, you're not getting half the content if you're not a patron. Almost everyone who joins Patreon stays members long term. A lot of our patrons, which are around 40 of them right now, I believe they've been on there for years and we greatly appreciate their support and pumping out this bonus content for them. Yeah, TRN Unplugged has been great. Jesse did a Survivor Series preview on there before this show. That was the only way to hear it was on our Patreon page. And then, yeah, Classics, we always go over two hours on these. And I'm, I'm looking forward to Survivor Series 95 a lot. Shout out, this week. Shout out Matt B in the comments for his contribution. <laughs> CM Punk. That's it. Yes, indeed. This CM is Punk why we love on Justin Joint so much. <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't think I have a lot else to to say on this show. I think I hit all the big points that I wanted to. You guys? I'm good, man. I think I hit everything I wanted to as well. So as as we're planning right now, we are only planning to do classics this week because it requires a lot of our time. If something major happens on Raw, maybe we'll do a brief episode or maybe it'll be an extra for Patreon. I don't know. We'll see how the week plays out. But for sure, there's a classics dropping for Patreon later this week. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, WWE is a very hot promotion right now. They have not been this hot in a long time. We can nitpick things about it we don't like. But they're also, as Jesse and I have really said for the last couple of months on this pod, there's stuff to like, even for the hardcore longtime fans, the old men such as us. Jesse, we've said it a lot. Like I have really enjoyed watching WWE in recent months it is a good product it is way better than it was a couple of years ago punk being in the mix is makes it immensely even more interesting it's gonna get justin to tune in now so in the end i mean pro wrestling's great we get these moments that you didn't think would happen you're not human if you didn't get excited seeing punk walk out last night it was a great moment and that's that's why we love this stuff and look when wrestling is hot it's a lot more fun to do these podcasts. We've said that for years. Uh, it's a lot better for our downloads when people are interested in pro wrestling as well. So I'm happy about that. And it should be a fun time. Should be a, a good WrestleMania season. I was amped to get on this show just for the Phil Brooks sighting as well. And Living Color, thank you so much for re-releasing a remastered version of Cult of Personality on Friday. I'm yeah. sure that was probably a subtle hint to what was going to happen last night. Mm-hmm. Aaron Graham in the chat. I know of one for one thing for sure. This show was A plus, referring to our pod. Great show. Go Vikes. I was horrified because oh. I thought he was talking about Survivor Series at first. I had to reread his oh, oh, he's talking about us. Okay. Whew. Jesse, it is the top rope nation bowl Monday night. Bears Vikings in Minnesota. Would not be stunned to see the Bears somehow pulled out. They have been playing a lot better of late. They should have beat the Lions a week ago. Justin yes, has the Michigan Wolverines. Go blue. Screen. Go blue. I hope they beat my home state Hawkeyes because uh, <laughs> the Hawkeyes have an offense that make the Bears look like the greatest show on turf. <laughs> That's the, true. The well, over I mean, under of that game, by the way, real quick, is to the point where they are predicting that Iowa is not going <laughs> to score a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you know what? You might be seeing the next head coach of the Chicago Bears in that game. Hmm. A lot of rumors out there about Jim Harbaugh. Top Rope Nation unplugged mug Jesse has. I've got the red, white, and blue Top Rope Nation mug here. Repping the brand. Uh, yeah, I. you know what? Justin Fields has looked pretty good. We'll see. It should be a fun game. 
Yeah. Should be a fun game. I just don't think they have an interest in winning many more games this year, Ryan. They shouldn't. (sighs) (laughs) That's another podcast. the, (laughs) the, the, The fact that they have Carolina's pick gives them a little more leeway. But yeah, you want to be sure this coaching staff gets fired long term. <laughs> I, I think I the Vikings will win by seven. It'll, it'll I don't be think the Vikings have an interest in winning games, though, either. I think if the, if the Vikings would have tanked and they could get a top quarterback, they're better long term. Oh, if I agree. you added a top, if you added like Caleb Williams, or Drake May with Justin Jefferson and the rest of that offense, you're looking at a Super Bowl contender in a couple of years. And I mean, does winning games this year do much for them? I don't know. I don't know about that either. So it a lot of things at play here. This is this is for Top Rope Nation Sports Extra. I'll save this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Top Rope Nation Bowl, Monday night. Top Rope Nation Classics, Tuesday night. Going to be a fun time, you guys. Appreciate you jumping on. We had a great chat today. Thank you for everyone who tuned in live and who are watching on demand. After the fact, I'm going to get this pod mixed immediately. Get that up on the feed, and uh, we will talk to you all again real soon. Hope you all have a good week, and hope you enjoyed the return of CM Punk. Take care. Go Blue. The mat is sacred. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.